All right, all right, all right. You're listening to the We're Talking Football podcast. I'm Weston. With me, as always, my right-hand man, Lou. Lou, tonight it is fair to say that we round out our free agency coverage as we recap what has taken place over the last few months. More importantly, we took ourselves a a few weeks off here. We let some major storylines and moves shake out. And here we are. It's a pleasure to be back chatting with you, man. Yeah, no, uh, I think we needed those couple of weeks. Uh, The free agency shows, albeit they are really fun, but they do take a lot of work and a lot of time. And uh, and as, as correct as we've been in the past, you know, it's not just us just, you know, slapping names to teams and stuff like that. We really do take pride in that. But uh, I feel rejuvenated. I feel good. I just hope I remember, you know, you know how to do a podcast, you know, right now because it's been a couple of weeks. I mean, dude, I struggled kicking us off just to even hit the record button. I was <laughs> feeling, feeling a little rusty, but if I had to – to summarize what's taken place in the entertainment world over the last 25, 30 days, call it, I would say two things. The AFC West went bananas and Will Smith slapped Chris Rock in the face on national television. That's basically <laughs> what has transpired over the last handful of weeks. And like a little war out there and like, uh, you know, you know, out there in this country called Ukraine too, I think. That's why I specifically said entertainment world, right? Uh, like I, I don't want to overlook uh, a serious, absurd matter that is taking place that um, needs support, needs to be addressed. Um, it just shows you how sick this world really, really is. And uh, let's let's digress. Let's let's. This is yeah. about enjoyment here. Yeah. Let's just say we're fortunate enough that we get to be doing this this podcast this evening, and to everybody in the Ukraine, our heart goes out to you. We'll leave it there. Um. Lou, I, I, I love one of the things that you said when we were planning for tonight's episode. Um, so I'm going to steal your thunder here, and I'm going to say let's refer to this as uh, tonight as, is a, a six-pack uh, evening with Weston and Lou. We hope you enjoy it, but we're going to run through a series of, I'll say, questions slash word associations to recap free agency up until this point. Um, We're going to call out some uh, specific moves made. We're going to talk about how maybe some teams particularly fared. But without further ado, let's get into our word or paragraph association game, because I have much more than a few words to say about some of these things um, in order to recap free agency. Since I get the honors of always doing our intro, I always tend to give you the honors of of kicking us off from a, a content perspective. So, Lou, I'll ask you to fill in the blank here. Okay. And it goes a little something like this. This free agency period has been dot, 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 question mark. Revolutionary. And let me tell you why. Yeah, I was going to say, don't stop there, please. Keep going. Yeah, no, obviously. Let me me elaborate here. Uh, The amount of trades we have seen um, and the moves we've seen this free agency period, I feel like has been bar none – the most active I've ever seen in, in years prior. It's always been, I felt like the NFL, it's always like, you know, the trade deadline was, is, was never anything to look forward to off season. Yes. The signings, but you never traded in the NFL. So I think it's just crazy. So let's from two aspects here. First, the talent that was been traded that did not net first round picks. You got players like Matt Ryan, Khalil Mack, Amari Cooper, and Robert Woods all traded. 
big name, high profile players, but they were moved for minimal assets, right? Then on the flip side, let's talk about the boatload of trades that followed like the less sneed approach of fuck those picks, yo. The New Orleans Philly trade, the Tyreek uh, Tyree Hill trade, the Deshaun Watson trade, the Russell Wilson trade. The idea of including future first round or future draft capitals, uh, draft capital and like, you know, you know, uh, out, you know, the future draft capitals from like one to three years out is starting to become a, a trend in the NFL, started by the LA Rams. And this is something you normally see in the NBA. You would never see this in the NFL. So I starting to see that the NFL is starting to become not your daddy's NFL, not your daddy's league anymore. It's more revolutionary. It's more current, modern. And you can see that probably with all the analytics that's been in the game. And that's why this free agency period, I, I say, is revolutionary. Yeah, um, I totally agree. The word I would use is bonkers versus revolutionary. Um, but we're saying the same thing. We're saying that unprecedented territory. It's not uncommon for big names to change teams in free agency and they go take their bag, but it's they're literally by definition a free agent able to negotiate with other teams and they go and swap out jerseys is essentially what happens, right? But you mentioned it, like Matt Ryan, a staple in Atlanta and a different team. Russell Wilson, a staple in Seattle playing for a different team. Khalil these Mack. Su- these are Super Bowl superstars. Those are Super Bowl quarterbacks, man. Yeah. For them to get um, traded like that? It's just wild, dude. Tyreek Hill, Devontae Adams, the list goes on. Deshaun Watson, like the list just goes on and on and on. Um, and that's the biggest thing to me is you hit the nail on the head. Trade deadline comes and goes every single year in the NFL and special team players get swapped, right? Even trades in the offseason – more happen than we actually realize, but they're lesser name players that are not headline players and they're special teams stop gaps. They're swapped out for sixth and seventh round picks and future picks that teams weren't planning to make anyway, but like big names got traded this off season. And there's a, there's a few reasons why, and we'll, we'll dive into that in, in just a moment, but you say revolutionary, I say bonkers. So let me go ahead and pose the very next question to you in this sequence, which is in this revolutionary period to steer, steal your term, the biggest winner of free agency is. I'm going to throw you a curveball here. I'm not going to name a player. I'm not going to name a team. Oh, you stole mine. Then I had, I should have, I should have went first. You should have went wide receiver contracts. Those are the biggest winners in free agency. Look at the contracts that have been, uh, you know, handed out this year before it was always the quarterbacks getting paid, the edge rushers, and the offensive tackles. Those were the premium positions always getting played. However, even though there are more pro ready uh, wide receivers coming out in the draft teams, are running 11 personnel, so three wide receivers at an alarming rate. It's increasing to 62% of the time. So in 2021, they ran three wide receiver sets 62% of the time. The need for three wide receivers is greater now than ever. So look, you know, look what the Rams did with Odell. And they got Robert, they had when they had Robert Willie, uh, Robert Woods and uh, Cooper Cup, they decided to bring in Odell. You know, Robert Woods got hurt. All right. Look at the Bengals. Those big three receivers. This is a trend that's becoming in this league. 
So listen to these contracts. Michael Gallup, five years, $62.5 million. And I know that, by the way, you know, forewarning, I know this is not real money contract. I get that. But just the, the numbers do sound alarming. No, but they he, all have big money, big guarantees too. Yeah. So like the real money is real money in there. Yeah. DJ Moore, three years, 61.9 million. Mike Williams, three years, 60 million. Chris Godwin, three years, 60 million. Stefan Diggs, four years, 96 million. Christian Kirk, four years, 72 million, worth up to $84 million. Are you out of your mind? Tyreek Hill, four years, 120 million. And Devontae Adams, five years, $141.25 million, which is crazy when you're thinking about it because after he signed that deal with the Raiders, if you compared his contract to quarterback contracts, he would have been that 12th highest quarterback with that contract. That's how high his contract was. Dude, it is wild. All right, gun to your head, though. You're you're spot on, right? Like, mm -hmm. can I make a counter argument to what's happening with the wide receivers? Okay. Lou, you and I, we joked about this before we even hit record uh, on this. We're a little bit older than we used to be. You just alluded to that it's not your daddy's NFL. It's not our NFL anymore that we grew up watching. 15 years ago, what was the most premium position on the football field outside of quarterback on your offense? Running back. back. Yeah. Teams that won had the best running game. What is, what is the least valued position on the offensive side of the ball in this day and age? 100%. It's a running back. It's like running a fact. Back. I believe this will eventually happen to wide receivers as well. Even though this league is going to a passing league, the quarterback will always remain number one is pivotal. They're the only player that touches the ball outside of the center on every single snap. But the reality is I think teams are going to start to realize – that like there's not a huge difference between second, third, and even fourth wide receivers. What I'm saying is like teams are starting to value running backs as a dime a dozen. Wide receivers are not like I think people forget that there's not a huge difference in skill. Like to get to the NFL, to be a practice squad player, to get a tryout in the NFL – you're in the top half a percent athletes in the entire world. We make the argument all the time that for some of these players, it's right place, right time, right system, and you just need to be given an opportunity. We talk about Tom Brady, the greatest of all time. Don't tell me he's not a product of up opportunity with Drew Bledsoe going down, a sixth-round draft pick. When you saw that man run a 40 at the Combine, nobody in their right mind ever thought that this man was going to be what he was going to be. Right place, right time, took advantage of his opportunity. I do think we're a ways away from it, but I do think the value of – I mean, Christian Kirk is a number two wide receiver. He's not a number one wide receiver, making anywhere from 17 to $21 million a year. That stuff's going to go away in a handful of years when, when like, Shan like the Shanahan's of the world kind of proved that, like, just give me any running back. He just needs to meet this, this few criteria, and I'll put him for a 1,000 yards year over year over year. Just on to the next, on to the next, on to the next. That's going to happen in this NFL as well. Can I, can I counter your counter argument? Sure. I think that in order to be successful in the NFL, you need to have three playmakers at the at the skill position. And I'm when I mean the skill position, I'm talking about wide receivers and tight ends. I'm not I'm not including running backs. I know they're a skill position, but 
listen, you need to have three. So uh, whether it's two wide receivers and, and a tight end, my my thought process is this: tight ends. I would think that they're the ones that are maybe fading to you know fading to the you know background here. There's only a handful of really good tight ends, probably about six to seven tops, and then you got these uh, players in college that go in as tight ends, but then they bulk up, and what do they become? Offensive tackles because they, they there's more money in offensive tackles than tight ends. So I think. I actually think the reverse. I think that we'll start getting because of the lack of quality tight ends. Look at this draft, by the way. The the tight there's no going to be the first round, you know, you know, uh, you know, first round uh, tight ends in this draft. So I think it'll start maybe maybe four wide receivers, you know, ten personnel and a running back. So I actually completely disagree with you, and I think yeah. your your sentiment's right, but it's with the tight end as opposed to the the receivers. So here's why I completely disagree with you regarding the tight end. What's the premium position on the defensive side of the ball? Edge rusher. Edge rusher. That's never going to go away either. Pressure the quarterback. Until you show me a team that normalizes a sixth offensive lineman some way, somehow, even they've disguised him in a mm-hmm. 40 through 80 number, right? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. it, it's – there's going to be – now – there's not a lot of them and there's not a lot of them because the ones that are uber athletic are like, fuck it. I'll just put an 80 on my, my Jersey number. Right. And I'll just split it out wide and I'll make three X, right. Like totally get it. But if you look at the ones who are established right now in the NFL, I'd say the Kittles, the Kelsey's, um, Ertz, the list goes on Goddard. You know what I mean? Like there are some good tight ends in the NFL, Kelsey's not the best blocker out of all of them, but like, I mean, look what George Kittle just took in in terms of compensation in his contract. And he does both equally as well. And he gives them a distinct advantage. A la we're playing the LA Chargers this year. Don't be surprised when Kittle spends more time shadowing Khalil Mack, wherever he might be on the field or Bosa or whoever it might be helping out that, that offensive lineman. So the, I'm not saying – I understand what you're saying, so I'm not going to say the – I just think it will be more of a tight end by committee type of approach where, sure, yes, sure. you're going to have the tight ends in line. The tight end of the playmaker is what you're saying is going to dissipate over time. Yeah. Yep. Um, I disagree, but we, we can – but that's why we do this. because That's neither here nor there. Do, right? Yeah, when do we ever agree and time will, time will tell. But I do think uh, the NFL will slowly realize that, like, all skilled position players are, like, a dime a dozen, you know, like these guys are the Uber athletes of the world. Like yeah. all somebody has to do is take advantage of their chance. Yeah. Tell it to the Jaguars, tell it to the jets, tell that to, uh, you know, a lot of those yeah. other teams or, you know, the, the giants, uh, tell that right. to the, 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 the Texans, you know, they're not, I, don't, I wouldn't, you know, tell it to the Eagles, you know, they, 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 they I know they have Devontae we, Smith, but what do all those teams not have that we talk about is the most important position on the field? They don't have the quarterback that they want yeah. yet. And i and the Jets, I'm saying we'll see, right? TBD, but they haven't had that person in, in a while, um, in quite some time. But it's like what Joe Namath, probably, right? Yeah, since I mean, you know, <laughs> arrogant enough to predict winning the Super Bowl. All right, next one. All right. Well, I didn't even get to go with mine because I was counter arguing. Oh, yeah. My bad. (laughs) All right. 
So you actually didn't take mine. Um, I was given to give a cop-out answer as well. Um, no, no team here. But to me, it's the NFL. The NFL is the biggest winner of the free agency. And the when I say the NFL, the brand, the shield, the logo, the, the business entity. Uh, you talked about unprecedented, right? Like um, territory that we were in. Like what you saw take place in a 25-day window has just been a huge boost to the brand. Like when I could sit there and talk to my wife and be like, Russell Wilson is now a Denver Bronco. And she's like, what? You know what I mean? Like it's, it's now those types of moves, those types of splashes reach much more than just the common NFL fan, even the diehard NFL fan. We're not at NBA status yet where you're just building dream teams and it's like, Hey, come play with me, come play with me because the salary cap prohibits all of that from happening but they're making strides towards it, right? Like they're making maybe the next, C- maybe the next CBA. Yeah. Which is, I mean, well, they just did one in 2020, right? So what do so they got? Like 10 eight, years? Eight, yeah. Eight years, nine years. Yeah, yeah. So, but this is as close as it's ever been where like, I want out. All right, let's get what we can get for you and move on. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. that, that's what's happening with some of these players or just a team being like, I want that guy. And I don't care about, like you remember when fu- when future draft picks were a premium, like when you like on the point system, they were worth more than draft picks like this year because you didn't know where, you know, like it's, it just, to your point, it just doesn't matter anymore. Teams everyone, like, yeah. see ya. everyone made fun of the uh, less need in the Rams for the, like how they did business, but uh, them going to two Super Bowls, I feel like show them that they're not splashing a pan. And there's a method behind their madness. You know, you don't have to do everything that, you know, you know, the old school mentality away. And I feel like that's starting to catch like wildfire that, all right, maybe it's not built through the draft and like add through, add through, you know, uh, supplemental through free agency. Maybe the thought process is now like the draft is a crapshoot and I'd rather get a known, a known player. Uh, it, 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 shores, it shores up my team quicker. And it's a better marketing, uh, you know, uh, you know, ploy, you know, you know, for the fans too. So, so outside of my choice of the NFL, I did put a gun to my head and I did make myself pick a team for this. And I'll give you the chance to quickly refute if you're prepared to, to do that. Um, I was torn between two teams in this free agency period. I honestly really, really like what the New York Jets have been doing. Um, yeah, I the signing of Lake and Tomlinson, another another body on that offensive line. I think re-signing Braxton Berrios, even though like, yeah, you're again, you talked about what the wide receiver position is getting paid right now. He just fits what they're trying to do out there. He's a gimmicky player. Jordan Whitehead for safety, DJ Reed bringing in CJ Uzama. Like at tight end, we always talked that when was the last time they had a tight end that wasn't named Anthony Becht, right? Like small little pieces. And then this year is like you get Carl Lawson back. Like there are just things like are the New York Jets there yet? No, but they weren't out Jacksonville Jaguar spending, even though they had the resources to do it. I think they made strategic young additions to the team, but they're not my choice. I'm just saying for New York Jet listeners, I'm in line with what you guys are doing right now. And you got draft picks, right? So, like, you're going to get younger, you're going to get better, and you're going to get cheaper, which is even crazier. But to me, 
and you might even disagree with this. I don't think you, in your heart, I don't think you do, but like critical fan in you definitely does. Without question, the Los Angeles Chargers are the winner of this free agency period so far. I think I think you're you're uh, also okay. So I thought you were like foreshadowing. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's close. They what they did, they added to the defense and two two thresholds. We always battle. What's more important, an edge rusher or cornerback? I always, I'm team edge rusher always. Your team cornerback. And you um, added both. <laughs> and you and added that's both. the thing. That's the thing. So we added both. And um, I've last year we did a show about ranking our top edge rushers. I think I had Khalil Mack as my top, you know, my third ranked edge rusher, if I'm not mistaken. Maybe, maybe, yeah, I think I, I think I'm at third. And he's just more than an edge rusher. He's really good against the run, too. I'm a big fan. Everyone talk about the injuries. All right. He, he got hurt last year. I get that. But he had six sacks in seven games. Uh, the guy he's replacing, Chen and Nwosu, had six sacks in 17 games. So, huh? Uh, let's let's just say if uh, Khalil Mack was able to finish his season last year, and maybe it was a business decision because they weren't going anywhere, he was having double-digit sacks. He's probably having 12 to 15. Uh, I think that's fair to say if he has six yep. and seven games, so he's probably having 12 to 15, and this is a completely different thing. So um, they added both, and they all had some beef uh, in Austin Johnson and Sebastian Joseph Day, which I like because both Khalil Mack and Sebastian Joseph Day, not only do they add, they improve a weakness, but they're familiar with the scheme. There's no learning curve with those guys. They're coming in. They know exactly what they need to do, and that's huge. Uh, so they really re- revamped, you know, revamped that defense, and uh, they had to because we're going to talk about you know a little later about uh, what's going on in that wild, wild west. Yep. I think the one that you're leaving out in the equation, um, outside of the sexy splashes, I agree with the Sebastian Joseph Day, Austin Johnson. The one addition that I really like for them is Gerald Everett. Mm-hmm. Um, I, Dude, I, as someone who has seen him many times in many uniforms, he's a football player, and he's a compliment, a complimentary piece to what this offense has like, been trying to do. And here's the most important piece. You talked about an edge and a, and a corner. You talked about bolstering the defensive line, adding a little bit of an offensive weapon. <clears throat> I know you're still sour on the right tackle situation. That, that'll be addressed in the, in the draft, especially with this, the AFC West is what it is in the defenses. But you put yourself in a position as a team to take the best available player every single time you pick. And that is I, the most envious place any football team can be. I will agree with you. Every year I'm dead on at least the position I know what the Chargers are going to draft in the first round uh, of the NFL draft. Uh, this year I don't have a clue because I really do think they're probably going to go BPA, uh, best player available. But uh, this year, like I said, uh, I'm, I'm, I have ideas, but it's not certain. That, you know, there's probably four different positions they can you know, add, you know, add on, uh, and it's all because it's the best player available. So. Yeah, I, I just I think that statement alone <clears throat> too many times and like, you know, the beat writers, they all talk about it, right? Like they just try to draw straight lines like this. The position of need for this team is edge rusher. Where's most logical to draft an edge rusher with your first round pick? Right. And then teams reach and do all those things like the Chargers can literally sit back and be like, I'm going to take the best player available based on what their board looks like. If they need to slide out, they'll slide out. 
no harm, no foul. They'll, uh, you know, increase their capital and and use that as a chess piece to move around and go get the guys that are on Brandon Staley's draft board, right? Like, that's a big win for them to be in that in that position, especially in this division. Like, I, that's why they're they're that final statement outside of the names to be in that position. To me, is they're one of the very few teams that are still sitting that way. Well, they're going to um, need all the help they can get. So. Yeah, and. And anything that gets an added bonus, dude, like yeah. it's an added bonus. You get a right – like, okay, so you take Penning at 17, right? Like, okay, what's wrong? I know you don't like it, but, like, okay, we all talked about the right tackle needs to be addressed. Now so, it's addressed. All right. all right, so if we're really going down this rabbit hole, um, I have to – I was having a conversation uh, with someone on Twitter uh, today in regards about this. Just because you – like, uh, people think that it's a need doesn't mean the team thinks it's a need. So everyone's talking about the Chargers drafting a right tackle. And, yes, they do need a right tackle. It doesn't mean their right tackle isn't already on their roster. They're flirting with the idea of kicking out Matt, Fly- Matt Filer, their left guard that started last year, to right tackle. And now you're like, oh, how can you do that? Let's not forget the year before Matt Filer started for the Pittsburgh Steelers at right, right tackle. tackle. Yeah. So they would move him to right tackle, and they have a young up-and-coming guard named Brandon Jameis or Hymas. Um, uh, from Nebraska that really flashed well um, uh, during preseason, and they liked him a lot and wanted to get bigger, stronger. It's his second year now, so maybe they kick him to left guard. And like I said, just because I, – I, I don't like this plan, but just because we perceive it as a need doesn't mean they do. Yeah. And it makes them go best player available still, too. They have options. And in their heads, I feel like they don't have to go right tackle at 17. If he's there, he's there. If like if like someone's there, he's there. If the guy's there on his on their board that they had slated as a top ten pick and they're picking at seventeen, like everybody's draft board looks entirely different. Yeah, and some of it is influenced Especially by what year. the team needs. Yeah, this year is just wild. Can't wait for these shows. Um, yeah. Spoiler alert: those are coming up. All right, let's slide. Let's slide out of this. Biggest. This? Yeah, I'll, I'll ask you now. All right, because I always feel like I go. All right, we just uh, discussed the biggest uh, winner. You know what's coming next, Weston. The biggest loser of free agency is. So if you were to ask me this question after the first two to three days of free agency, I would have said the Jacksonville Jaguars, hands down. Um, Kirk, Christian Kirk for 17 to $21 million per year. Evan Ingram signing. They spent a lot of money on a guard in Brandon Scherf. But I actually love how they rebounded towards the end of that first and into the second wave of free agency with names like Zay Jones, Arden Key, Darius Williams, my boy, Foyer, Olakun. Um, I think they recovered a little bit. Um, they overpaid for all of these people, but they were in a position to do that. And those are better suited names. So to me, the biggest loser in free agency, and I could have gone a couple different ways here. I'm saving one team for another question that we're going to address. But to me, the biggest loser in free agency is the Green Bay Packers. Okay. They extended Rodgers on a monster deal of hopes of like running it back to then going to lose arguably the best wide receiver in football, specifically in 2021. Um, This just doesn't like add up for me. Um, they like, again, like the whole, and I'll talk more about this in a little bit because we have a very specific question related to it, but like, wasn't the Rogers mantra of like, 
I want to go win. I want to win one more before I hang it up. And all he did was basically prove to you that that was a bunch of bullshit and he wanted to go get paid, right? Like highest paid quarterback in the NFL, whatever it is. And at the time, and, and that's what that contract became. And his best weapon is gone. And I don't care what you got in return for him. That's not adding up to be Devontae Adams and losing Devontae Adams to now have. And then on top of it, you lost other wide receivers that have familiarity MVS. with the obvious and MVS. Like, so who is Randall Cobb or Alan Lazard? The number one target for I mean, Aaron Rodgers right now. There's still some names out. There's still some names out. But yeah, Julio Jones, Odell Beckham. Yeah. Dude, uh, you can bring both of them in. And where yeah, they are in their graphics, careers, they're not yeah. matching Devontae Adams' production. None of them are. None yeah. of them are. So a team that for the last two three years has finished with 13 wins or better has played in two had in the two of the last three years played in the NFC Championship game. This team is damn lucky that they play in the NFC North because what I see like no player should have that type of impact but he Devontae Adams has that type of impact and they did nothing to help themselves to this point in free agency outside of now what do we always talk about name me a Super Bowl team that wins when their quarterback equates for more than 20% of or 15% of the cap and my man's like 30% of the cap you know, like, where are they going? Aaron Rodgers is getting paid. It is what it is. They'll take it with a State Farm commercials. To me, the Green Bay Packers uh, are going to be a shell of what they've been. They'll win the North, but a shell of what they've been in the regular season. I think them playing in the NC North um, buys them a little. And with this draft class coming up, uh, that's loaded at the wide receiver position. I think, in my opinion, I think the jury's still out. It's an incomplete for me. But what's not an incomplete for me, my biggest loser of this NFL offseason is Atlanta Falcons. This close. They were this close of bringing the prodigal son, Deshaun Watson, back home. Back to him, yep. Back home. <laughs> they, they were this close, man. And if they were able to pull that off, they would have ran the NFC South for years to come. You think Darnold's going to – or whatever rookie quarterback the Panthers are going to throw out there – you think they're gonna he would they would have competed with uh you know Deshaun Watson? You think Jameis Winston and the Falcons would compete with Deshaun Watson? Just like they did in Super Bowl 51, they blew it. This was identical to that 23, you know, loss right there. Add insult to injury. They lost their cornerstone of a quarterback, Matt Ryan, and they got a third round pick for him, bro. A third round pick. That is insane. You give a franchise quarterback, I get it, albeit he is old and up and uh, up there in age, but he still has some, you know, some uh, <clears throat> juice left in him. Maybe two, three more years. But you eat all that dead money and you get a third round pick for Matt Ryan. Could he even trade Calvin Ridley because of that fiasco. Yep. So you get no draft capital there whatsoever. Last year, they got rid of Julio Jones. You got a second and a fourth. You didn't even get a first-round draft pick. Insane. In my opinion, you look at this roster, they are in no man's land. There's no identity with them. They've put all their chips into Deshaun Watson, uh, you know, uh, gamble, 
and it blew up in their face. And now they're they're walking away from the poker table with their pockets out. Man, they are the biggest loser in this NFL free agency. Dude, it's so funny because when I was looking and like kind of recapping before I decided to go with the Packers, I was like, I could literally pick any team in the NFC South right now. Yeah, like they're all outside of like obviously the Buccaneers. I mean, they win because they bring Tom Brady back. But like between the Panthers, the Saints, and the Falcons, they all felt like losers this offseason. Where I my heart goes out to the Atlanta Falcons is it's not for lack of effort. You know what I mean? Like, I'm sure they did everything that they thought they possibly could. Dude, they had like Jermaine Dupree and like, like you know, Ludacris. Like all them, all them were rolling out the red carpet. Yeah, and but it was a con- money talks, man. Money talks, bullshit walks, and Deshaun Watson t- probably took a second look at that roster and was like, "Hmm, I can't do it all." Yeah, but if he went, can't there- do it all. Can't do it they, all. They, dude. they could have, you know, they would have an early draft pick this, you know, with pits and a wide receiver. And, uh, you know, I don't know. He's had, he had worse at uh, in Houston towards the end of, you know, the Houston's, uh, his Houston stay. What did, what did Cleveland have to give up for him again? I forget. A bolo of picks, man. Yeah. I don't even think Atlanta had the collateral to do it. They were going to give up players. They don't have any players. <laughs> no, okay. I think uh, I'm not sure if it was like AJ Terrell they were gonna throw in there or someone else. Uh, for, I'm, blank, blank, I'm blanking out who who what players they were they were looking at. But yeah, they were they were gonna they were gonna throw in some players. But that's neither here nor there. They are the loser of this free agency, in my honest opinion. Can't because... dispute it. All right. What do you think is the biggest surprise move in free agency thus far? I think you alluded to it before in our last our last piece right here, the Devontae Adams trade. All right, so when we did our NFL free agency, we were talking about the AFC West and pretty much how the Chargers, you know, uh, you know, reamped up with all that with all that extra uh, you know acquisitions they did. The Chiefs are the Chiefs. The Broncos were on Russell Wilson. And this was before the Raiders did anything, man. And we're like, maybe the Raiders should kind of like punt. We talked about this in our when we covered the AFC West. How the hell are they going to compete with these three monster teams, man? Uh, and lo and behold, boom. I remember exactly where it was. It was Friday night and the Devontae Adams news came out. And I was like, What? And I was shocked for numerous reasons. First reason, really, uh, you think when Aaron Rodgers coming back to Green Bay, it's all Mac assumption that he's going. You know, Batman and Robin are coming. But you know what I'm yeah. saying? Like you're yeah. going to have that tandem. Like why go I just, back? <laughs> I was you know? utterly shocked. Right, utterly shocked because I, I, I just thought that was like the assumption. There you go. And I get it. Um, Adams wants to go back and play with his, you know, college quarterback, you know, and Derek Carr. But listen, uh, this is—he's not—he's not gonna be playing against teams out there. You know, this isn't Fresno State anymore. And let me let me tell you something, Weston. Right? <clears throat> Devontae Adams is one of my favorite wide receivers, and you know, and I think he's probably the best out there. I get Cooper Cup was the Triple Crown winner, right? but I just love his skill set the most of all of them. So let me tell you something. 
I've tried to do things but how I used to do th- things back in college, you know, drink or what have you, play a game, basketball. It never turns out well the next day. Never turns out well. And we always make jokes, Weston, about this. Where do players go? Where do players' careers go to die? To the Raiders. And I know this is not going to happen, but I don't know. how You're telling me that – He's going to be yeah. better with Derek Carr than he was with Aaron Rodgers? Not possible. Not possible. Uh, I mean, I, I, I don't know. But that was all – but, you know, make a long story short, that was my biggest surprise It's just the fact that I when Rodgers came back, I'm like, Adams is staying there. That had to be talked about. And I just was flabbergasted, you know. And I was also flabbergasted the compensation – uh, they they received. I thought they could have done more, got more. I thought they, I thought they like legally had to. When you franchise somebody, doesn't it require two first round picks to get that person when they're franchise tagged? I, I thought that was like the rule. Um, so real quick, I because I agree with you on the the well, in regards to the Devonte Adams being such a surprise, um, I I do totally agree with that just because. Like there is, is Devonte Adams like we joke gonna go die in with the Raiders? No. no. Derek Carr is not a slouch. He's just not Aaron Rodgers, right? And that rapport that they've built is, I don't care what what rapport they had at Fresno. Um, I actually work with a former teammate of theirs from Fresno State that still knows these guys, and I know they were actually out on the golf course together last week. Loving life, Derek Carr and and Devontae Adams. But that being said, like to to expect the same production from this individual, it's just not realistic. Like it's just not like Aaron Rodgers puts the ball where only Devontae Adams can make the play on the ball. And yes, Devontae gets at open and runs stellar routes and does all that. And he'll continue to do that just because he's playing for the Raiders doesn't mean his route running ability is going to change. It's the quarterback delivering the ball. It's other things around. It's the way the offense is schemed. Who's calling the offense? Like who's, whose eyes the offense is being seen through. Um, and and the biggest surprise for, for me on that is like, like you, me, and everybody else in the world thought when Aaron Rodgers was going back, there's no way mm-hmm. like the, that Tay wasn't coming back to, to run this damn thing back. Like yeah. you, the, you 13, 13, 14. That's how many games they've won in each season over the last three years with just those two. Like, not even like a stun <laughs> arsenal so, around them, you know? So, counterpoint, maybe Ams does still continue his production. Maybe not be better, but he does. And let me tell you why. He'll produce, just not at the same level. He has other players on that offense that draw attention away from him. Darren Waller, Hunter Renfro. Only one rock to be distributed and in green bay he was a huge part of the distribution in las vegas he's going to be a primary target but there are other there are other options to get the ball too like what made them so good is everybody on the planet knew the ball was going to Devontae adams everybody on on big plays everybody on the planet knew it was going number 12 found a way to get it there number four doesn't have the same capability just doesn't just and it's not a knock like Aaron Rodgers outside of his playoff blunders 
Like if, if he had a different playoff record, you'd be talking about this as one of the greatest quarterbacks to ever play the game, what his natural ability allows him to do. You're never going to say that about Derek Carr. He's a highly skilled individual. I would, I'd be fine if he was my quarterback, but there is a huge difference. And what's the old saying? It takes two to tango, right? Like, and, and the, the, the wide receiver can't be the better of the equation because somebody has to get him that ball. It's just kind of the way that I view it. me. I'm staying with wide receiver. The biggest surprise for me is the Tyreek Hill move. Yeah. My, yeah. I mean, it, it was splitting hairs between these two. Um, another, an, a, just another, like what, you know, like where, where did this come from? Like, like your primary weapon, like your guy, like your, 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 I call him your Swiss army knife of your offense, what Andy Reid likes to do and the trickery he likes to fool and the Hail Mary nonsense, you know, where Mahomes can just air it out and Tyreek is somehow some way 20 yards further downfield than anybody else on the field. I just was, I was floored by that, like literally floored. And you want to talk about giving up a boatload and then what they paid that man when he came over to the tune of $30 million a year and, and this is just proof. Like, everybody says the salary cap is fake. Everybody says the salary cap is fake. There's ways to manipulate it. But every once in a while, a team has to draw a line in the sand. And the line in the sand was Andy Reid and um, uh, Brett Leach being like – or v, however you pronounce his last name. Uh, Veach or Leach, mm-hmm. I forget what it is. Veach, um, right? It was just like, nah, guy, you're not $30 million a year to us. That's what it came down to. Like, and somebody was knocking on the door and willing to give them all that. They took it and ran. Well, I'm going to tell you something. Um, I think you said where this come from. This came from the Devontae Adams contract. Uh, I felt like they were in the red zone trying to re-sign Tyreek Hill. Never, never crossed the goal line. Kind of dragged their feet. Tad, Devontae Adams signs his contract and Hill and his representatives push back like, wait a minute. You know, uh, no, thank you. Between uh, between Devonte Adams and Christian Kirk's deal, I think they had to reassess. Now, I mean, obviously, I don't have any sources or anything, but just just my opinion. So now you got Kansas City looking at what's going on in the AFC West. But like, we can't keep on doing what we're doing and be able to compete compete with you know these teams. I think we have to become a deeper team, uh, a more complete team. Uh, if we give Hill this deal, we're going to be top heavy, you know, top talent heavy and be really deficient in a lot of areas. And it's just going to be all over again. So I feel like they made a good move. People are going to say, Oh, it's Tyreek Hill. I get it. But I think they're going to build something completely different. Uh, And Andy Reid is still the best coach out there in the AFC West Patrick Mahomes is still the best quarterback out there in the AFC West. And when you have those two, you're always going to be in it. And I really think they're, they have a, they're going to uh, build a completely different team. It's going to be uh, more ball controlling, maybe not a deep shot mentality. Uh, it's going to be more West Coast. Don't forget, Andy Reid is a West Coast, West Coast, yep. West Coast uh, offensive guy here. I think it's going to be quicker passes and just – uh, ways to try to beat that uh, too high shell uh, and, t- and dink and dunk, just like he did with the Eagles, you know, back then. And so <clears throat> I'm telling you, I, I, everyone's sleeping on these Chiefs. They're just building something different. It's still going to go fast. It's no longer it's no longer the Ferrari. Now it's now it's a souped up Mustang. 
completely yep. different car, not <clears throat> sexy, but guess what? They're still going to go fast. It's going to be productive. Listen, this is good business. You turned a fifth round draft choice into five draft picks, right? And you got some production and won a Super Bowl along the way. Like, it, yeah. it, so I'm not on the surface. It makes so much sense. But when it first hit the airways, you were like, Oh, yeah. I didn't even know that was on the radar, right? So, like, to me, that's why it was so the biggest that happened surprise. so quick. Uh, when I saw, like, the first Schefter, like, tweet, I'm like, wow. I'm like, they're exploring trade. I didn't even have a chance to finish my coffee. I yep. start drinking my coffee. By the time, like, the first, like, hey, they might trade him, I'm like, okay, we'll see where this goes. And But, like, it's traded. You know, he's already traded. I'm like, damn, I still got half my coffee left. <laughs> Dude, it was wild. That went. That yep. did move fast, right? Yep. Um, and and we'll talk more about this in a, in, in a moment here. Yep. So, um, we still have a handful of questions left, and you know, as we always do, running running long. Um, tell me what you make of the Jacksonville Jaguars the free agency period. I think it reeks of desperation and the loser's mentality. If you want my honest opinion, uh, you've alluded to before when you brought up the Jacksonville Jaguars, bad teams have to overpay to attract talent. Uh, the Jet, the Jets did this in 2019 when they uh, made it rain on Le- Le'Veon Bell and C.J. Mosley. Never you know, came to fruition what they thought that was going to be. Uh, the Browns did this too in the past as well. Let's take a look at who they brought in. And you mentioned these names, Evan Ingram, Foley, Fatsukasi, uh, Zay Jones, Christian Kirk, Foye, Aluakon, Brandon Scherf, Darius Williams, Arden Key. These are not bad players. I'm not saying they're bad players, right? But now let's look at what they spent on these players that I just named. They spent over a quarter of a billion dollars. So $259.5 million and over $155 million in guarantees for this group. What name pops out of you that like, yeah, this is going to, you know, you know, add some juice to this team. They're good players. Dan, it's like someone getting a new car. They're happy to get that Honda Accord, but their credit's so bad, but they have to spend $600 a month on the Honda Accord. Well, maybe now it's a bad example because car prices are you know sky high. But you get my drift here. Because their credit score, their reputation is so bad, guess what they have to do? Overpay. They have to overpay to get into that little sedan. Yeah, I, listen, I'm not going to – I'm not going to – beat a dead horse here. I, I mentioned it earlier too, that I wanted to put them as the losers of free agency. I think they redeemed themselves a little bit with that second wave. Um, to your point, good football players that they brought over, they just had to pay out the wazoo to get them here. And this happens. They had the cap room to do it. So you'd be like, if you were a Jaguars fan, like, well, we had the money. That's not the point. The yeah, point how, is how competitive the reason. Gonna, yeah. How Competitive they're going to be what's going on in the AFC right now. You're not. You're not. You know what I mean? Like, and what's more telling is a quarter of a billion dollars. And like you said, not one of those names pops, right? Like not one of those names hit like a biggie, a biggie soundtrack from Uh the mid nineties. Right. You know what I mean? Like you don't have the, uh uh-huh or like, exactly. Or young ho. (laughs) Like, you know, you don't have that stuff. man. Like you have none of that. None of that. Um, did the team get better? I mean, probably they weren't a they weren't a good football team. But what like, did they win three games last year? How could they have gotten worse than winning three games? Yeah, um, you know they 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 do have some some picks here. They they good news is they didn't have to trade for any of these people. They just went and spent money. But this is what happens, right? 
teams who tend to be the tend not this this season was off season was a little different but teams that tend to be the busiest and the most aggressive there's a reason why right they don't have superstars that they're paying they have a huge void of talent i.e they need to be aggressive and go find those people and do you know why players go to jacksonville do you know why players go to teams that they, they these players aren't stupid they saw what their record was last year to get the bag because you may only get one of these con Christian Kirk only gets one of these contracts in his professional career before he is spotted. I don't want to say he's a fraud. Christian Kirk is a good football player, but he is not 17 to $21 million a year football player. And they also um, go to Jacksonville because there's no state income tax. So. Hell yeah. I mean, <laughs> that many goes a long freaking way, you know? I'm thinking about moving to Jacksonville for those reasons. Plus, it's like $8 to go to a football game there. Yeah, just talk to your boy, Balky. I'm sure he'll throw you a, a, you know, a huge contract to head on down there. Yeah. Trent, Trent Balky. Yeah, right? Like, he might just sign me to be, like, his coffee yeah. gopher. All right. I'm really anxious to hear your your insight on this one. So this is not what team is the biggest loser. This is what team dropped the ball in free agency. For me, it has to be the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, and I have a theory, and uh, you know, that it's a loser's mentality out there in Big D. This team did not get better. I didn't expect them to be – you know, overly active in free agency, but I thought they'd do better than what they currently did right now. They traded away Amari Cooper for a fifth rounder when the, while the Dolphins got a third rounder for Devontae Parker. I know it's a third rounder next year, so if you do like the calculations, that's kind of like a fourth rounder this year. Still, Devontae Parker is, is netting you is netting the Dolphins that versus what the Cowboys got. They couldn't get any compensation for Lyle Collins. Are you kidding me? You couldn't get anything for Lyle Collins. That's the Randy right. Gregory fiasco now leaves them. It looks makes them look bad and leaves them thin at the edge position. And this is my theory with the Cowboys. Cowboys look around. What's going on? Wow, all the talent's going to the AFC right now, right? This is still a. And who do we have to worry about? You got the Commanders having Carson Wentz. You got the Giants having Daniel Jones, and you got Jalen Hurts and the Eagles. Up and coming, but they're not. They can't sniff our jockstrap right now. We don't have to do anything really right now. We can still win this division, get to the playoffs. That's a loser's mentality. It shows no urgency. It's not cutthroat whatsoever. You're letting teams to get back in to you know the race and what have you. And it's never been about getting to the playoffs for the Dallas Cowboys. It's been about advancing to the playoffs for the Dallas Cowboys. All right. And what they did once again. It's going to be like the movie Groundhog's Day. They are going to get kicked out of the playoffs again because they did not do enough to to, to surround that team. Yeah, I'll tell you right now though, who's probably loving this? This is a great you know great opportunity for Sean Payton to be like, all right, we'll see what happens next year. Because if I'm Mike McCarthy, I'm thinking, oh man, I'm I'm being set up to failure here. That's the problem because the. Jerry Jones, owner, GM, is like, I yeah, this roster's good enough to get us to the playoffs. So my I fans, hate that mentality. My, fan, yeah. my fans hate won't that. hate us. And then I get rid of you, and I replace you with Sean Payton. And then my fans will like me again. Mm-hmm. I ha- hate that mentality. All right. For me, 
San Francisco 49ers. I didn't want to uh, steal your thunder. No, they, they I was almost hoping right you did so I can just echo no, the sentiment. I wanted to give you the floor. They could easily be right there. And this is not – Lou, you and I talk a lot, right? No, this like, is we not talk a, a lot about this. This has nothing to do fan. with lack of aggression in free agency because they're never aggressive in free agency. Would I like to – you want to know the last time they were aggressive in free agency? was 2017, the first year that Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch took over with a very depleted roster and plenty of money and did everything that I said bad teams did. They inherited a bad football team, right? And they, they spent money because they could. I mean, this team just played in the NFC Championship game. I'd say we're relatively lucky that we played in that. Some you know things broke our way to the season. Some things didn't break our way where we could have probably made it a lot easier on ourselves. But what I'm saying is, is this team was like 11 minutes away from playing in the Super Bowl is literally what it boils down to. So the, the roster's there, talent's there. I did not expect us to be active in free agency. In fact, the moves that we did make, I'm actually okay with. Charvarius Ward, you and I were in the middle of doing a show with the dude from the Kansas City Chiefs and like five minutes after we we ended the show, we were just you and I were just rapping, and boom, the announcement came across that they signed Charvarius Ward. After both of us talked about that, that's somebody that they should look at. Happy mm. with that. Where else were we weak as a team throughout the season? Don't let that one Green Bay game fool you. That where special teams won the game for us and scored the only touchdown. Special teams was very weak for us. They've been aggressive in adding special teams talent. Why? the team dropped the ball is still this Jimmy G situation that that's literally it, what it boils down to. And this goes back to like, listen, do you think John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan for one second, give a fuck what the fans think they don't period point blank. Doesn't it, they don't lose any sleep over it whatsoever. And I kind of understand the mentality of like, I have a value associated to this guy. If nobody's going to give me that value, like, I have two potential starting quarterbacks. Somebody's going to need, somebody's going to get injured. Somebody's going to need somebody to get something for him. The problem is they overvalued it. They overplayed their hand. And now you're left in a scenario. And I don't know what's happening. I have no sources, right? I don't know what's happening behind the scene. For all I know, Kyle and Jimmy have been like, Trey, don't even worry about this. Like this will all work itself out. Don't lose a, an ounce of sleep over this whatsoever. But it's just this lingering issue. And to me, why it's a lingering issue is like, that's $25 million to spend in this aggressive free agency period. Am I saying they would have gone and spent it all? No. What I am saying is, like, maybe that maybe that is the difference of, like, keeping Arden Key. Maybe DJ that's Jones. the difference. DJ Jones. Tomlinson was gone. They were never going to pay that for a guard anyway, and they drafted his replacement last year. Um, knew that from the get-go. I wanted Tomlinson to stay. He's been – I mean, dude, we traded a fifth-round pick for him, and he didn't miss a game in five years. Like – talk about return on your investment, but we'll get a comp pick for him. We'll get a comp pick for DJ Jones. We'll be rewarded for all this. The little issue that I'm having, right, is starting to rear its ugly head, like, right now. And it's mm -hmm. this little Debo Samuel saga. Now, this is a negotiation tactic. We all know it. I'm going to delete my Instagram photos, and I'm going to remove the 49ers. Like, every Kyler Murray did this three weeks ago, right? Is Kyler Murray still uh, an Arizona Cardinal? Sure is. Is Debo Samuel still a San Francisco 49er? Last I checked, he's got one more year to go. Last I checked, he sits out. He gets fined $40,000 a day that he sits out. And he's in the last year of his like contract from second. He can't even afford to sit out more than like three weeks before his entire salary is evaporated. And oh, by the way, if he wants to not play the entire season and play hardball because he wants to go somewhere else or demands a contract, 
it changes his free ad free agency status. He's now a restricted free agent, not an unrestricted free agent. So the 49ers still own his rights. The 49ers are still in the driver's seat here, but maybe. But damn, just, they're making it hard on themselves, man. They do. This is Parag math, bro. He is like the shrewdest negotiator, but not in a good way. You know what I mean? Like they just like have a value and they don't want to cross that value. And the, the problem that they're having with Debo is – like he's not just a wide receiver. You saw what he did. He created a new position, whatever they call it, the wide back, right? Like now you have to tamper that. And he sees what Devontae Adams got paid. He sees what Tyreek Hill got paid. He Diggs. sees what Christian Kirk, Stefan Diggs, what all these guys are getting paid. And you can't tell me he's not worth similar money. Like what he did, dude, you could argue he was the most explosive offensive weapon in the NFL last year. Because of what he did. Like when that mm -hmm. man touched the ball, like it just had home run written all over it. First down, big play, etc. But here is the Jimmy G saga re rearing its ugly head. He's gone. Maybe you're a little bit more comfortable with what you want to allocate. And I know it's there. And I know they can re-sign him and Bosa and do all that. Maybe it just happens a little faster. Maybe it doesn't slow things down. Like, dude, we're in April. Most of the time, these extensions don't happen until June or July anyway. But I think the reason why, to me, the 49ers have dropped the ball is because they dropped the ball and saying a lesser quarterback, in my opinion, got us to the NFC Championship game last year. Now we're – and he had a lot of things around him that were right. But now we're going to ask an inexperienced who, in my opinion, has the potential to be a better quarterback to do more with less when we're in a position to actually give him a little – more. I'm not saying go sign, trade for Devontae Adams or sign this person or sign that. Just like little pieces, right? Like, can we just go find a, another run of the mill, maybe center or whatever it is? Like, can we put another pass rusher opposite of Nick Bosa, please? Right? Like, it, it's just those things that are lingering. And I do think, I do think if Jimmy G was even gone, they would not be super aggressive. But I think yeah, but you guys would have the ability aggressive. to retain your own, though. Yes, and that's to me that's a big deal. That's a huge uh, deal, especially with a, again, a team that just played in the NFC Championship the year before were marred by the most injuries I've ever seen on a football team in, in one year in my entire life, and the year before that we're playing in a Super Bowl, right? Like the team is good, and that doesn't warrant going out and spend, but like. In your own division, like teams like the Rams, like I just won the Super Bowl, but I'm still going to go spend. I'm still going to trade draft picks. I'm going to still do that. Like an opportunity to be aggressive. And I never, and Lou, you you and I talk all the time. Never once did I had this disillusion that they were going to be aggressive. What I really thought was they were going to take this opportunity. And if they parted ways with Jimmy, it was going to be about retaining take their care roster. Of not having to go find new names to replace it. Take care of your own. The guys who got you there, 100% agree. In my opinion, I think uh, I, like I said, I mean, if the cow, this is probably one A. Cowboys is one B. Oh, who dropped the ball? And you're talking about from a financial standpoint. Let's talk about from a locker room standpoint, right? You have veterans that work with Jimmy G or Team Jimmy G. Now there's. I'm not saying there is, but there could be a possible confusion divide. You know, uh, how we how do we show, uh, show support to the guy that we've been with, you know, during this whole time and also show support to a rookie quarterback? 
you can't date two people at the same time. You can't have two wives. You have to be all in. And in my opinion, I think that this could be a lead to disaster for a young rookie or young, you know, second year quarterback because of the uncertainty. Uh, uh, the one play, if he makes a bad play, he has to look over his shoulder. They got to get rid of Jimmy G. And I just think they, I've said this before. I always felt like your team is extremely smart, but the, also when it comes to intelligence comes arrogance. And I think uh, the arrogance led them to uh, dumb caught up, move, caught caught up, up and, and made, that, made it led up to some dumb moves. Not yeah. saying they're dumb. They, they are. I am a huge fan of Shanahan, uh, huge, you know, huge fan of Lynch. Just saying they are an arrogant bunch, in my opinion, and it's led up to it, it's now leads you to this shit show. Yeah. So here's here where is where the, the rub lies. I had made this comment months ago at this point when we were on Jesse, Jesse Naylor's show. And I had said, don't be surprised if Jimmy G's on this roster in 2022. Did I not say that? Like I volunteered that well before any of this happened. I mean, I think we were still in the playoff hunt when we were on Jesse's show. If I remember definitely the regular season. Yeah. Like it wasn't even, and I said, don't be surprised. And it's because this team doesn't care about conventional wisdom. I agree with you that they carry this scent of arrogance like about them um that they know better than most and most people will tell you lou and there's been gms that have come out and said this never by name but like quoted by sources like hey having two starting quarterbacks in the nfl is never a bad problem the problem is the optics that it creates now i do trust this franchise enough to say that like i am convinced that the proper conversations are taking place behind the scenes i'm convinced of that um I am I am starting to err on the side that Jimmy will not be on this roster once the, the season starts. I think what happened here is they thought there would be a better opportunity to move him. The soldier shirt, the shoulder surgery slowed that down a little bit, like his market. Other things took place, right? Like even up until the Deshaun Watson failure for the Atlanta Falcons. Like Indy still looked like a spot that eventually would be like, all right, F it. I got to make this move, right? Like I got to get in a veteran locker room. Indy didn't want him. Indy did not want him. Not for what we probably valued him at. So here's the the issue is I think the 49ers valued him at X. Other teams valued him Y to Z somewhere in there. Didn't align. So they are taking some egg on the face right now. And they're selling it to you like, hey, we're fine with keeping them. We allocated for this, like no big deal. Don't be surprised if during the draft, he gets moved for like a day three pick. Don't be sur- If one of these teams misses out on like a quarterback, a bridge quarterback, don't be surprised if he's moved, you know, for a, a pick next year. And that's not even like the whole point would have been to move him right th- this year to get collateral this year. Right. Like that to me, that time has come and gone for any meaningful collateral. But don't even be surprised if they hold this guy until training camp and see what his shoulder looks like not to actually be the that, guy. That would be the stupidest thing in the world. But they're not going to just cut him. The 49er fans, I'm telling you right now, they will not just cut Jimmy Garoppolo. They Stubborn won't. son of a bitches, man. They won't. Jeez. Why would would you? Like, why would you, though? Like, in all I told honesty, you why. There could be a possible rip it's in not, the that's not, that's not an issue. That's not an issue, dude. That To me, I, I promise you – that's a non-issue. And here's why it's not an issue. Jimmy won't even make it an issue. He's just not that guy, right? Like he's not like, oh, labor for me. You know, like he's just not that guy. And I'm telling you, 
I have the most supreme confidence. And this is not a fan. This is like just what my gut tells me is that the proper conversations are taking place behind the scenes. But like, what if, dude? What if Trey goes down early? I mean, I, I mean, am I all right with paying my backup quarterback $25 million a year? Absolutely not. But am I all right with having Jimmy as my backup quarterback who's played in two NFC championship games and the Super Bowl in his career if my prize possession goes down? Like, yeah, like I'm I'm perfectly fine with that compared to what the other backup options are in the NFL. Uh, you, That's don't just what in, I'm you, you don't live in what ifs. You know my saying. Do you remember my saying with what ifs? Repeat it. If my aunt had a dick, she'd be my uncle. <laughs> yeah, chill with these if scenarios. All right, let's go to the next one. All right. Let's let's move through this quick. Well, not I'm actually gonna skip this one question. We'll come back to it because I want to spend a little bit more time. Tell me your most underrated move in free agency. All right. So I am you're talking about the best bargain? Uh no. Just underrated move. Oh, okay. Underrated move for me, it's uh, Lyle Collins to the Bengals. And let me tell you why. Uh, it provides some stability at that right tackle position. Uh, the Bengals gave up over 55 sacks last year. It, it was a huge issue when they played Tennessee. It was an issue when they played the Rams. The Bengals did a good job. But this was like the chef's kiss. This was like the cherry on the top that they had to address that right tackle position. And for them to only get uh, Lyle Collins – for a seven-year uh, average uh, contract, seven million dollar average contract, I think was huge. Listen, I get Collins has some little injury history. I get, I get that he's you know uh, has you know a history of penalties. However, when you're building an offensive line, Daniel Jeremiah said this one time, and I am I'm 100 believe this. You don't need five first-round draft picks. You don't need five studs. You just have to make sure your weakest position is not a scrub. And sometimes just even being mediocre or good and replacing an awful talent at the right tackle position will do wonders. Yep. And I think this Lyle Collins and, uh, you know, for the amount of money, I mean, his cap hits $4.7 million this year, man. And it's going to provide so much stability, you know, on the, among the um, Bengals offensive line. So I think that was my the most underrated move. Yeah. Um, I, I don't disagree with that. We all talked about it, what they needed to first and foremost improve in free agency. And the, the yeah, they did. They went all the line. Yeah, they did. Yep. And as I should, I mean, they're young and they're skilled everywhere else. Uh, to me, the most underrated move, and this is more of a, a superstar name, but it's Allen Robinson to the Rams. First and foremost, if you look at what a lot, both you and I had Allen Robinson in our top 10 wide receivers entering the 2021 season play for the Chicago Bears. We, we know what that's about, quarterback play, et cetera. But if you look at what these other wide receivers got paid and what this guy got paid to the tune of like 15 mil a year over like the three years, mm -hmm. uh, that's a win. And now, like I know they lose Bobby Trees. I know Odell's not back there. But like Allen to me has always been your prototypical move the chains, possession type wide receiver and lets you just put Cooper Cup wherever you want on the field, wherever you want. And you have to – like, Odell is a good football player, but he's been a shell of himself. This is not the same Odell Beckham that played for the New York Giants. It's not. Like, he just hasn't showed up in that column in a long, long time. He'll make a play here. He'll make a play there. He'll find the end zone. But his stat line typically reads like three for 60. You know what I mean? Five for 60, something like that, and he finds the end zone. 
And Allen's going to feel that way too. Like Allen Robinson's stat line is going to feel that way too, but there's going to be a lot of first downs associated to his first name. And this is just going to free Cooper uh, up all over the place because you got to account for number 12. Like you're yeah. going to have to account for him no matter no matter how you cut it. So uh, to me, quick, Allen, I, at that I, value, that's underrated to me. Yeah. Uh, real quick, I also wanted to say Marcus Williams to the Ravens. Uh, Ravens are yeah. always uh, – they're always deadly when they have a, a loaded secondary. They already have – you know, Marcus Peters, they have uh, uh, um, the other cornerback, Humphrey. Uh, and they always, they're always better when they have a, a big-time safety. Eric Weddle, Reed, uh, Marcus Williams, uh, ball hawk, really young. Uh, it's going to let them uh, be able to, you know, play some different coverages than they, they've been uh, playing the last couple of years. What's your most overrated move? Randy Gregory to the Broncos. Five years, $70 million. He's a soon-to-be 30-year-old pass rusher who's, who in his five years has never played a full season. Most games he's ever uh, – the most games uh, he, I think he's ever played was like 14. Uh, never had more than six sacks in this uh, season. Uh, you know, there's questions about his work ethic. Uh, now a pothead is going to Denver to play – I'm sure that's going to, you know, really motivate him as well. Uh, and now he's expected to fill in for the Von Miller void and his production. I think I'm just not saying he's bad. And I know he had a good year last year, but you see these things all the time. These players are questionable. Always do a little better in their contract year, don't they, Weston? And then they get their get their bag. And guess what? I, I can totally see that happen. Um, Von Miller, and I'm not Von Miller. Uh, Randy Gregory does not, uh, you know, it's not something to, to sneeze at, but he does not scare me as some of the other names, uh, edge rushers in the AFC West. Yeah, I mean, I, this was hard for me because there was like it, it happens all the time in free agency, just like overpay. Like I could easily just be like overrated move. Like I'm just going to look at contracts and what people paid and like what's going on with Christian Kirk and what's going on with, with all these guys. Right. For me, the most overrated move. And I'm, I am like totally fine with being slandered for this. I don't care. I stand by this is Russell Wilson to the Denver Broncos. Mm. I'm going to, Fade back. <laughs> Homer Simpson it out of the equation. <laughs> yeah. Um, listen, you gave up five draft picks, and not just like random draft picks, right? Two first, two seconds, and I think like a fourth, right? Or or a fifth, it might have been. I'll tell you right now. Two firsts, two seconds, and a fifth, and three players. Two and a half players. Drew Locke, I wouldn't really call him a, a player. Mean, Jesus, he's the starting quarterback in Seattle right now, Stop. so half a player. Um, but you gave up eight pieces of collateral for, yes, Russell Wilson, who I'd argue right now to you, Lou, is the third best quarterback in his own division. You could make that argument. No, I'm making that argument. Russell. So here's the appeal of Russell Wilson. He's a winner. Like we know that, right? Like he's a leader. Like he's like, he will never quit on you. You'll always get his all. Those are just things that like, you really can't put a price tag on. That's like what you want from your guy under center. 
but like the last few years of Russell Wilson outside of that, what was that? That hot start in 2020 where it was like, let Russ cook, let Russ cook, let Russ cook. And then they started to really like let him cook. And then he just fell off. Right. And then last year, finally a chink in the armor, Russell Wilson finally missed games. This guy's in his thirties. Now, dude, you and I know as somebody who's on the latter, the latter portion of those thirties is like, Shit just feels different when you wake up in the morning. It takes a little bit longer to recover from these injuries. He's took screw a beating. You, screw you, Wes, and I'm in prime physical. Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, I just think this is a lot to give up, and I don't – I don't. there was a point in time maybe where I would say Russell Wilson might put the Broncos over the top. But to me, he just doesn't, and you gave up a lot again, for who now could be the third best quarterback in the division. Does it make it more competitive? It does. But let me ask you something. As a quarterback, do you prefer the tandem of DK Metcalf and Drew Lockett? Or do you prefer the tandem of Cortland Sutton and Jerry Judy? See, you're forgetting about Tim Patrick, man. Um I'd rather those three than the, the other two, Lockett and Metcalf, I think. I think I would rather the three versus those two. Okay. F- f- listen, I, I wasn't going to dispute you either way. I'm asking you your personal And, and better offensive line, too. So, yeah. I Better defense? In, a t- in, in arguably the best division that football has ever seen. There is no argument. It is the best division ever. Yeah. Right now, so, ever. on paper, like – yeah, but he wasn't, playing in those, he wasn't playing in those scrub divisions where he came from, man. He had you guys. He had the Cardinals. He had the Rams. I mean. No, he wasn't. So, um, but he's not invincible anymore. He's just not. He's not immune anymore. And and I just think this is – when I say overrated, it's like not even this so much as about as what has – they gave up. It's about what him coming there does from an expe- expectation standpoint. And it's just not going to live up to those expectations. What was the I'm trying? What was the Denver Broncos' record last year? Do you know, off the top of your head, uh, they they won. I don't. I'm looking uh, right now. They were uh, what? They win eight games. They were seven, seven and ten. Okay. Text your question. How many more wins do you think Russell Wilson gives them? Do you think he gives them ten and seven? Three no. wins. You don't think he no. gives them three more wins? Not in this division. Yo, they I won don't. seven games with Teddy Bridgewater, man. You don't think you know you get... I don't let's, know. <laughs> let's go. Hold on. Let, let's let's do a nice little exercise real quick. I'm going to go to the NFL. Standings. All right. So they're okay. – you ready for this? One, two, three, four, five, six. There's seven wins. Yeah. The New York Giants, the Jacksonville Jaguars, the New York Jets, the Washington football team, the Dallas Cowboys. How's it going? Your Chargers, Mm. Detroit Lions. That's their seven wins. They lost to better competition. They're going to lose to better competition. We'll we'll see. Dude, they won. So they went one and five in the division. Okay, we'll see. I would expect them to do all right. Maybe he's maybe I think he gets them three more wins. I think he gets them nine. Nine and eight is what they end up next year. Okay. But 
Who knows? That could be like good and enough yeah, to win it. That could be good. I mean, no, that's not going to be good enough to win. <laughs> no, I mean, like everyone beats up on each other. Everyone's like nine and eight. Yeah. Um, I just like when I go get a player on paper, like Russell Wilson, I gave up. Like I need a, you need to walk away from that feeling like I'm guaranteed a playoff spot. And they are certainly not that right now. I think this leads us to perfectly to our next question. Yes. I think uh, you should, you should ask me first. I think I should, you know, being that this is my home turf, but go ahead. Yeah. 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 Give me one word to describe the AFC West during this free agency. Yeah. Spiteful. <laughs> Bitter. Let me tell. All right. I'm going to break it down. Ready? This took me a while to do. March 8th, the Broncos acquired Russell Wilson. March 10th, two days later, Chargers acquired Khalil Mack. March 15th, Broncos signed Randy Gregory and DJ Jones. March 17th, Chargers signed Sebastian Joseph Day. The next day, the Chargers signed Austin Johnson and JC Jackson. All of a sudden, later that night, out of nowhere from the top rope, Raiders traded for Devontae Adams. The next day, March 19th, Raiders not done. They do a frog splash on the top rope. They sign Chandler Jones. Two days later, they woke up a sleeping giant. And March 21st, the Chiefs signed Juju Smith-Schuster. <laughs> Three days later, the Chiefs trade Tyreek Hill for a 2002 first-round pick, a 2002 second-round pick, a 2000, sorry, 2022 first-round pick, a 2022 second-round pick, a 2022 fourth-round pick, 2023 fourth-round pick, and a 2023 sixth-round pick. Followed by two days uh, later, on March 25th, they signed Mar Marquez Valdez-Scantling. And we're talking about all that draft capital. I think the Chiefs have the most draft picks in this year's draft. These teams were straight up spiteful with each other. It was like anything you can do, I can do better. Or it, it just, it just was, it just was, uh, it was amazing to see and watch what was going on. It's like, please, there's other divisions and other conference. There's another conference. Go somewhere else. This is getting ridiculous. And you would feel so if you were a fan in, in this division when your team struck. You were high off the hog. And then that did not last long because then you realize there's more competition coming in within the division. And it's huge because <clears throat> Chargers GM said this, and I actually think it's something pretty smart. When you win a division game, it's like you're winning two games because basically you win that game, but you're also kicking your uh, opponent your, within your division down too. So they have to win. So they have to make up more ground in order to, uh, you know, to win that division. So, it just, I just think these teams were straight up spiteful, and it all started when the Broncos acquired Russell Wilson on March 8th. I'd argue that it started earlier. I, I think it started at the end of the 2020 season when teams were like, yo, this kid Justin Herbert can play football. Uh, we weren't expecting that, right? Um, woke or maybe the 2021 season when uh, you know uh, the Raiders beat the, the Chargers and – uh, basically, all, you know, all that happened, all that. Uh, I, I feel like I feel like there was a lot of uh, you got some big rivalries out there now. Yeah. Um, so if I had to do it in a word, it started as epic, like 
literally again on paper we have no idea what happens we have no yeah. idea what happens to anybody like the, once the season starts but on paper literally the best four teams in a single division of football that i remember in my lifetime and i used to think that the nfc west for years was the stiffest of competitions and they were like i'm not delusional in that but you can't even dispute that in our lifetime of watching football this is the best division epic as somebody who gets to watch from the outside, but Epic quickly transitions into disappointment because the San Francisco 49ers play all four NFC <laughs> West teams this year. The awful, NFC West year. plays the AFC West. It is the worst year possible um, for that to actually happen. But no, honestly, like from the outside looking in, like, I mean, even Epic goes to like, I don't have to see Russell Wilson two times a year, who's just a 49ers like slayer. Like all he has to do is breathe and figures out a way to, to beat us. Um, you know, that was like that in itself was like, there is a God, right? I get to watch Seattle just crumble right now with everything that's happening. I mean, they basically traded Russell Wilson to backfill what they gave up for Jamal Adams. You know what I mean? Like that's literally what it boils down to. Um, but it's, it's, I hate it's him crazy. already. Bro. I I hate him already, though. Dude, Look, he's the corniest Bron dude in the league. Broncos country, let's ride. I'm like, he has the most punchable face yeah. in the NFL. At least top three punchable face right now. Wow, he's just wait, dude. You have no idea. It's what like you're in store it goes for. like Logan Paul, Russell Wilson, and yeah, I hate all of them. Um, listen, I'm sure and Machine like Gun Kelly. Those are yeah. your top three right there. Yeah, seriously, I'm sure Russell Wilson is a really good guy. Like, I have no doubt about that. Like, he's the salt of the earth type guy that the NFL loves to have. But, like, he's so easy to hate. And you have no – bro, just wait. You've had a month of this. Just wait. I've had 10 years of this Mr. Unlimited. All right, bro. My blood pressure. Just wait. You have right. no fucking clue, bro. Just wait. All right. I want to parlay this because we were talking about the NFC West. So I want to, I want to like swing into like specific players, right? Like not just like scenarios, but specific players coming off of the AFC West. Tyreek Hill to the Miami Dolphins is. What am I doing, Weston? Nick Bosa. That's what you're doing is the Nick Bosa after he gets a sack celebration. No, I'm shru I'm shrugging. I don't know. I, I, I'm shrugging. It's I think it's two B TBD. Uh, I think you have to see what the plan is for Hill. If you want my honest opinion, I know you don't like Tua, but your boy McDaniel is out over there in Tampa. Actually, out there in Miami, are they going to try to incorporate Hill like a Debo? But why would they sign such a huge contract? He's supposed to be coming in to be added like a strength to a weakness and improve that vertical passing game. So if they're not going to use him like that, I find it interesting why they're paying all this money. And I also feel like seldom does a wide receiver come in and makes a quarterback better. Ever. Meaning like a like a mediocre or a bad quarterback better. Look at T.O. Just a couple thoughts in my head. T.O. Uh, to the Buffalo Bills. Uh, Decker. Uh, Eric Decker to the Jets. I just feel like I can't think of any off the top of my head, but like it, it, it's it, it never happens. But yeah, if you have faith in uh, you know Mike McDaniel with no S, by the way, uh, 
and his thought process. It, it could be electric. It could it could, it could be, but I don't know. I think it's TB, TBD. Yeah. Um, sorry, Dolphins fans, but I think this is a mistake. Um, I, and listen, I applaud Mike McDaniel. He's my guy. I love him. Super smart guy. I'm so I was so sad when he left. Uh, we'll appreciate the two uh, third round compensatory picks for him being promoted to a head coach. But at the end of the day, like you can't ever fault a guy for going to make a splash, right? Like you get a short window in this league, like go get playmakers, like totally get it. But you gave up five draft picks and now sign this guy to a $30 million per year contract. Yes. This year it's like $8 million, the cap hit next year. It's almost $32 million, the cap hit. Um, it's it's going to be tough to hide that money in year two of the contract. You're going to be able to hide it maybe in third, fourth um, year, but it's going to be tough. But it's just a lot to give up that a dude whose predominant production rests on the shoulders of arguably the best quarterback in the NFL right yeah. now. Um, I, we were talking about this before with Devontae Adams and Aaron Rodgers. Like, the wide receiver can't be the better of the equation. It's not, you just mentioned a wide receiver doesn't often make a quarterback better. It makes a quarterback's job easier. I'm not gonna say better. It doesn't make a, a mediocre quarterback better. Like yeah. you one of these seen like an average quarterback and they brought in like a weapon. A, a, you know, and all of a sudden the guy's making pro balls and getting yeah, pro I feel like that's, that's so rare, man. Yeah. Um I just think you can expect a huge production. You just a uh, huge reduction in production. You know how I feel about Tua, right? So this is this is Tyreek Hill coming from Patrick Mahomes as your quarterback, Andy Reid as your play caller. I love Mike McDaniel, but I promise you he's not Andy Reid yet in his professional career, right? Like Andy Reid's been doing this a long time. I have zero faith in Tua. What is Tyreek's signature? He can beat you downfield. What does Tua not do well? He can't push the ball downfield, at least in through two years of his professional career. We have not seen that. I think you're right. I think McDaniel sees similarity in like, hey, I can scheme Debo. I mean, I can scheme Tyreek up like I did Debo, which I think is a huge mistake. First of all, they're not built the same way. Mm-hmm. Second of all, this is what I think some of the problems the 49ers are having with how much they that Debo wants to get paid. It's like, damn, dude, if I pay you that money, I can't use you the same way because I'm I'm taking years off of your professional football life by lining you up in the backfield. Tyreek's not built that way. So you have to be a little bit more gimmicky. It's going to have to be jet sweeps. You can't literally just line him up behind the quarter. He can't run between the tackles. Can't. He's not. I mean, Debo's profile since he came out is this is a running back who plays wide receiver, right? Like, that's never been like you can't recreate Tyreek Hill's profile. And oh, by the way, Debo just completed his third year in the NFL. Tyreek's been a little bit around a little bit longer, getting a little bit older. Mm-hmm. Like, I just think that's a lot to give up for a dude who unquestionably production is going to drastically drop. I have I literally have no doubt of that. Like, there's I I can't look at Tyreek Hill and say he's a thousand yard receiver next year. Like I just literally can't believe it. I like And there's an extra game in the season. Don't forget there's an extra game in the season. It don't so matter. Yeah. This guy's seven, eight hundred yards next year, dude. Oh, can you say look in the camera and say that? Because I'm I'm say I'm gonna clip this. Seven to eight hundred yards next year for Tyreek Hill. Wow. 
I'll I'll bet you. I'll bet what do you do this year? What do you do this year? Doesn't matter. I'll bet you the over. All right, I'll bet you. I'm I'm eight hundred. We'll set it at eight hundred. Ten bucks right now. Ten bucks. Now, bearing injury, what if he gets injured? I mean, that that's not fair. It is what it is. All right, whatever. It's ten bucks. I lost a bet to my next door neighbor where I had to do some of his landscaping work because Jerry Judy missed three quarters of the year, and I bet him Jerry Judy would be more productive this so you year. Have, so you have precedent than... making bad bets. I got it. Okay, we're good. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. All right, next one. Uh, I moved away because I wanted to see what Tyreek did. All right, which player to you was the best – bargain best bang for their buck i'm gonna sound like a homer here man you know you have to you have to and i think for it's me true. it's jc jackson and let me tell you why uh signing with the los angeles chargers um his 82.5 million dollar contract value is fifth among cornerbacks fifth his average per year value ranks sixth among quarterbacks his total guarantee of 40 million dollars ranks him eighth among cornerbacks and by the way most interceptions in the last 10 seasons jc jackson ranks 10th on that list with 25 interceptions why am i applauding someone who who who, uh is so far down that list he's only been in the league for four years so if he ranks 10th one of the most interceptions over the last 10 years, and he's only been a part of that for four of those 10 years, that's insane. The players that have more interceptions than him over the last 10 years, Richard Sherman, Marcus Peters, Harrison Smith, Xavier Howard, Stefan Gilmore, Tayshawn Gibson, Janoris Jackson, Patrick Peterson, and Tyrone Matthew. All players who are at least seven to nine years in their, well, in their production. All with probably each one all pro associated to the you got class. you got exactly so you got a ton, so here you are you have a cornerback a diva position looking to get paid you would think he would want to be to outdo the Ramsey deal or you know or some other the top deal but he settled for top five yeah I listen. I lo- I, do you know how I feel about JC Jackson? Like we talked about. This, yeah, right? when I, remember in our, uh, in our in our uh, little draft there we had, you were pissed that you didn't you know you didn't take him. Yeah, um, like I'm the ball hawk man. And it's and 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 this is not just like oh like I fell in love with his production last year. Like I talked about him going into our top corners mm-hmm. last like going into the season. Um, I just. Can't ignore his style of play, man. He's just a he plays a, man. He plays zone. Like they're going to need him. They're going to need him. With Adam, yeah, yeah, with Adams in that uh, in that division. Yep. And and you got yeah. They're going to. Hey, need job him. just got a little easier. There's no Tyreek Hill. Um, but I thought you were going to actually go Khalil Mack, right? Just giving up a second and a sixth for a guy that just a few years ago got moved for two ones. And the big, the sexiest thing about Khalil Mack is he only counts it for eight and a half million against the cap this year. Um, to work that out, that's pretty special. To me, I'm going to go with Amari Cooper in this instance. And I I looked at – like I had Allen Robinson on my list. I had Khalil Mack on my list. But I was looking more at like the trade guys versus like the, the free agency spend. And to me, for the Cleveland Browns to bring in a guy essentially like Amari Cooper, who is a, a still a number one wide receiver in the NFL – 
for a fifth, essentially a fifth round pick, like they swapped six rounds, right? So like a fifth round pick. And I know Dallas needed to free up the salary, blah, blah, blah. But Cleveland took advantage of this scenario. And to get a dude like Amari with his production, his experience, his route running ability for a fifth round pick. I just don't know how you can dispute that that's not a bargain price, right? Like I'm sure there's many NFL teams that saw that trade actually take place. And they're like, I wish I just picked up the phone. Like I literally just like the, the issue issue with that was, though, the, was like, the cap number. Was, was the, the cap. cap. Number. Yeah, there was yeah. like only like, I think like eight to nine teams that, uh, but we all said cap less, not real, had, right? That had the cap. That had the cap and the need for a wide receiver. I think that was the issue, Weston. Yeah, yeah. I mean, listen, like, but still, when as a general manager in the NFL, like when you see that news come across your phone or, you know, one of your scouts tells you that, you're like, I don't care how set I am at wide receiver. Like, every, you just, did you not just like open us up talking about how to go into the 11 personnel and the three wide receivers and, Blah, blah, blah. Like, if the salary cap is fictitious, as we all believe it is, and to some extent, I'd give up a fifth-round pick for Amari Cooper, Amari Cooper every day of the week. Yeah. No? Yeah, no. I, li- I like Cooper. All right. Two more, and we got to get out of here. Let's do it. Aaron Rodgers staying in Green Bay is – Painfully predictable. All right. So it was like watching an episode of Euphoria in a dysfunctional love affair between Maddie and Nate. Do you watch Euphoria? No. Uh, you Is need it some... on CBS? <laughs> <laughs> you old bastard. <laughs> the old king side. This at the Aaron Rodgers fiasco was like was like I said like watching an episode of Euphoria and dysfunctional love affair between Maddie and Nate. I'm going to go into a little further detail for the people who are NFL fans and watch this great show. Green Bay is obviously Nate here, uh, and they did Aaron, who is Maddie in this analogy, wrong by selecting Jordan Love and never drafting a first round wide receiver. Now Maddie Rodgers wanted to make Green Bay pay. Because they flirted with the quarterbacks. So he played these mind games with them until they showed him their love for him and how they told him how beautiful he was and how much they needed him. But guess what? By the the Green Bay Packers showing their love for Aaron Rodgers, it ultimately pushed away Matty Rodgers' friend away from him, who's Cassie Devontae Adams. So Basically, you would be laughing more and understand this more. I know people who watch Euphoria would understand this analogy, but basically because they show the love to Aaron Rodgers, it screwed up another relationship, just like in the show. And it's heartbreaking. It's annoying. It's repetitive. Uh, it's just we've done that. We've seen this before with Rodgers. We've seen this before with Brett Favre. Why didn't he learn from his predecessor? Instead, he repeated the error, the error of his heir. So, yeah. For me, this is just Green Bay is foolish and Aaron Rodgers is the smug prick you all thought he was. Um, you know, we were all sold on the fact that, like, if he stayed in Green Bay, it's to to run it back. Like, this is the team that gives him the best chance to win a, a Super Bowl or at least to be uh, in the Super Bowl, especially with all this talent fleeing to the AFC right now. Like, the NFC is 
is like prime for the taking. It's like prime for the taking. Yeah, like you got to just win 10 games, you know, and like you might be the number one seed at this point in time. But he he showed his true colors, especially if you want to believe that he knew Adams was going to be shipped before he even signed his extension. You're going to tell me the guy that like is your partner in crime, the Robin to your Batman that like Aaron Rodgers, you don't need the money. If it's about legacy, go win another Super Bowl. not being a $50 million a year quarterback versus a $43 million a year quarterback to, 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 to bring your guy back, to help go get other pieces that you said this team is not like your gripe was this team is not surrounding me with the pieces of what I need. And you just literally prohibit him, prohibited them from doing that by signing this contract, which tells me everything that I need to know about you. It's always about the money. It'll always be about the money and it has nothing to do with anything else. And that's fine. He just tries to paint a different narrative than what it really is. So to me, I'm over it. It is what it is. Green Bay is not the same team. I said this earlier in our show. They're just lucky that they play in the NFC North because so long as they have number 12 under center, they'll most likely win the division. But that'll be it. They'll be the Dallas Cowboys. They won't advance anywhere in the playoffs. The team's not talented enough to do that right now. Yeah, I think that's what makes Tom Brady so – He's never been the highest-played quarterback in the NFL ever. Yeah, yeah. So I think that's what makes him the GOAT. I think we got one last question now. Yep. So, Lou, who, to you, who is the best remaining unsigned free agent? And there's a handful of them, man. Yeah, there's no, a it's, handful it's still, of names still out there. Yeah. Um, for me, uh, one of the premium positions out there is the edge position. And I was looking at the remaining free agents. I think I know who you're going to go with, but I'm going with someone different. I'm going to say Jadavion Clowney. Uh, quietly hit a really good year last year, opposite of Miles Garrett. He had nine sacks. 11 tackles for a loss, 19 QB hits. And, oh, yeah, he just turned 29 years old. I think that's I where – I can't separate. believe that. I can't so he, believe that. He's I know. So looking yet. at all the other free agents, that I thought, like, oh, he's good. He, 31, 32 years old. The fact that Clowney just turned 29, meaning he still has a lot more juice left in the tank, I don't think he's going to show any, uh, you know, a serious regression – uh, over the next couple of years, like maybe a 31 or 32 year old who I, I if I had to guess who you're probably going to say is 31, uh, 31, year, 31 year old individual uh, coming up for your pick. But for me, it's Jadavion uh, Clowney. He plays a premium position, young, had a good year last year. Give me Clowney. Yeah. I mean, I, I do think at this point in his career, Cl- Clowney is a, a quote unquote number two. Right, like he's a complimentary piece of that defensive line. Yeah, he's solid. He never, li- he never lived up to that that hit. Yeah. Out of, uh, he was Michigan. never the number one overall pick. Um, yeah, that one hit against Michigan, like literally, like state was a uh, like the statement of his career. It's um, funny, real quick, like you know, I when I I had like a little website back in the day, and that was like the first year I had that, and I was the only one who ran. I think I feel like who had Khalil Mack as the number one overall player that year. I love his versatility. I just thought he was a way better player. Uh, and it's just it's just funny how, you know, that's how long I've been good at this game here, Weston. That's how long. People thought I was crazy. I remember people thinking, like, nah, it's clowny, clowny. He's an, he's an athletic freak and what have you. I go, give me Mac. Has a 2A player ever gone number one overall? Has a what? A 2A, a 1AA or FCS, whatever they call it now, ever gone number one overall? I'd have to look that up. 
What? I mean, I know Wentz, no, Wentz went two, right? Two, and then Goff, Goff went one. That's right, yeah. Fisher, I mean, Trey, no. Trey Lance just went three. Eric, was Eric Fisher the number one overall pick? Yeah, but Al, where, where'd he go? Central, Central Western Michigan. Central Michigan. They might be deep. Yeah. They, they might be one. They're not one yeah. A. Um, one double A. Um, I mean, what I mean, what was Mac five? Right? What do you go five overall? I think to, right around there. I think Oakland. three, four, something like that. Yeah, I mean, he was a beast out of Buffalo. But that's the I, thing, right? I, like, because the the mind tells you, like, if he's that good. How did he not get to one of these other teams? You know what I mean? Like, that's what the mind does, dude. The mind plays tricks on you. The mind plays tricks on people. Um, and you weren't wrong, like, going back and looking at it. But, like, I'm saying in the eyes of an NFL scout. You Talk know, about like, Jerry Rice. How do all those other teams miss on him? What do you go, 20, 26? Well, I'm talking about his college when he went to college. I know. Yeah. So. Mississippi Valley State. Yeah. Like, uh, yeah. Think I know. about it. Why, why know. wasn't he with USC? Yeah. Just saying. Uh, there's a like you said a few good names out there Clowney, Odell, Dwayne Brown, right? For people who are looking for O line help, for me this is actually really easy, and it's Ty it's Tyron Matthew. He's thirty one. Thirty, he turns thirty this year. Yeah, but when does he turn thirty one? He turns thirty in May. No, really? Yes. Maybe I got wrong information then. I thought he turned thirty one. Let's let, let let's, let's. I mean, I could be hey, every now and then, Wes. I'm wrong. You know, it's like, you know? It's, like it's like it's like an eclipse. Like it's, it's like a, it's like an eclipse. It's like a what's like a like a you know. A, Hold on, a leap Lee year, Bader. a leap year. So he was born May thirteenth, nineteen ninety two. So that's eight years to two thousand twenty two. He'll be thirty in May. Okay. Okay, I stand corrected. I apologize. I thought you were thinking somebody saw when you said 31, like, oh, this 31-year-old player. I was like, well, my guy's not 31 yet. (laughs) He's not even 30 yet. I thought Um, you're right. He's only 20. Jesus Christ, he's only 29. I didn't know that. So in the last three years, Matthew's made three pro balls. I know that means nothing. But he's got two first-team all-pro nods. That means something. He's got a Super Bowl in the last three years. Lou, if you recall back to when, like, the Honey Badger was coming out of LSU, what was the biggest knock on him? Off the field stuff? Yeah, it, off the field. Irresponsible, immature, smoking weed, blah, blah, blah. He's not. He's just not that man anymore. Like, he's an NFL veteran. Like, I actually follow him on Twitter, um, and he's one of my favorite follows. Everything's about his children. It's about his wife. It's about, like, like he's, he's just a different person than he was, as we all are, than we were at 20 and 21 years old. Um, to me... Yes, like he's turning 30, which is the age of death usually in the NFL, um, more importantly for running backs. But, like, this guy still got good football in front of him, and he's become a leader. He's become a, he a savvy vet, and I think whatever team signs him – I want my own team to sign him for the record. Whatever team sign him, signs him, their defensive backfield is instantly better. Instantly better. He's better than what's on their team right now. He might just not be younger. He might not be cheaper. He's going to command a, a couple bucks and he may not want to play for under a certain dollar amount because he's he's made money. He's he's ventured through the NFL at this point, but um, he's still a prize to be won for sure, along with with many others. But, you know, me, dude, I'm always a sucker for the defensive backfield. I want to say this. Just stay out of the AFC West. Just go somewhere else, man. Well, he's not going back to Kansas City. So that's one one less team you have to worry. He's not going to go to Denver. They're plenty fine at safety. So. 
he does really feel like a guy who would end up. Don't, in don't. Vegas. <laughs> You're a piece of shit. Well, listen, I want him to come to San Francisco. I do. I, I, I actually prefer that we would re-sign Jaquiski yeah. Tart. I don't think uh, he's going to. Apparently, you know, Peter Schrager was saying that, like, oh no, I think it was Ian Rappaport that, like, he's not gonna. You're not gonna get him for like a one year deal for like nine. He wants. He wants money, man. And and, and he wants to be in a contender. And you got his, res- you guys, his resume says that he warrants that. You know yeah, what I mean? You guys are a contender, but we can't pay that, him what he wants to be. You don't have that do re me. Not with number ten on the roster. And this is where that that rub lies that we talked wah, about earlier. So, wah, wah. Yeah, exactly. All right, Lou, that wraps us up here this evening. So this was our recap of the 2022 NFL free agency period. We try to do a little bit different than we did last year, put a little different spin on it. Um, certainly hope you enjoy it. We are now going to be heading full steam into draft season with the 2022 NFL draft just a few short weeks <coughs> Excuse me, away. So we'll be back in short order with our annual draft coverage. We're still sounding out a few things as to exactly what that's going to look like, but definitely expect the mock at the very least, right? Like that. Love me some mocks. That that is going to happen. Um, but Wesley, we'll, we got to get those ESPN so, uh, sounds back in, like the select. I know. Ones. I know. Maybe we do go visit Ming just for. I think our, for a draft um, show. Our stretch show. Maybe we can finally convince him to let us sit in that front room that I told him I always okay. wanted to sit in when we're just sitting there on the couch and people walking by in the building can see you. Let's do it. He'll do it. I'll hit him up. Um, but Lou, like I always do, remind everybody where they can follow us. You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at WTF Pod NFL and Weston. Tell them where they can find us on YouTube. Real simple on YouTube. We're talking football. Hit the likes, hit the subscribe button. Just a quick reminder to everybody that I did promise Lou if we got to 500 YouTube followers by the end of the 2022 slash 2023 NFL season, I am taking Lou out for a very expensive dinner. That was my commitment to him. So we're going to hold y'all accountable to funnel in those uh those subscribers (laughs) yeah lou's gonna starve himself over nine months to go out make me drop a g note on dinner but if we get to that point i will gladly do it until then we'll catch up with y'all soon and look forward to draft coverage yep (laughs) adios